0: Welcome into OutKick, the show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays. Wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, we have got a ton of different stories to dive into here. Right off the top, up to a $1,000, no risk wager. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash Clay. That is fanduel.com slash Clay. Encourage you to go listen to yesterday's breakdown of everything that happened in the NFL Divisional Round Playoffs, both me solo and then also from a gambling perspective on The Fade with Todd Furman. We'll have your AFC-NFC Championship breakdown on Thursday from a gambling perspective. Look forward for all of you to checking that out. But breaking news just came down in the last 45 minutes or so. Sean Payton officially out with the New Orleans Saints after a long time tenure there. There are now nine open jobs in the NFL. I guess Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, uh, and all of the difficulties there with the in book as well. At the quarterback position, Drew Brees gone and Sean Payton decides that he wants to take some time off. He's 58 years old. If I were analyzing the larger picture here, he's under contract with the Saints until 2024. I would think he wants to kick back, see what available options are out there, maybe go do television for a year or so, and then at some point, potentially return to coaching in the right situation where the fit makes the most sense, and he doesn't see the Saints as being able to contend for a Super Bowl right now. There may be a team that makes sense down the line. Trading for coaches is kind of out of vogue right now, but if you remember back in the day... John Gruden went from the Raiders to the Bucks and immediately won a championship. That was a great trade for them to have made. Maybe, possibly, there's a coaching trade to be made out there in the future for Sean Payton, but for now, he is done with the Saints. I want to talk for a minute about Joe Biden and Peter Ducey. Yesterday afternoon, Peter Ducey is a reporter for Fox News, covers the White House. Joe Biden, obviously, the President of the United States. Ducey was asking a question about inflation and Joe Biden called him a, quote, stupid son of a bitch. Now, if you've ever listened to OutKick shows, you know that I'm not going to get worked up about something like this because words are not something that I lose sleep over. And I thought, honestly... Peter Ducey and Jesse Waters did a good job of kind of making fun of this and treating it in a lighthearted fashion compared to what left-wingers did every time that Donald Trump ridiculed anybody in the media. It was an assault upon democracy, an assault upon the free press. How dare the First Amendment be challenged to such an extent? They all curled up in the fetal position, clutched their pearls, and fainted. And then when Joe Biden did basically the same exact same thing, what did they do? They applauded him. They gave him credit for making a joke, even though it was on an open mic. And you might hate me. You might be watching this right now. You might be listening to it like, Clay Travis, he drives me crazy. He's the biggest liar. The challenge that you have is almost every one of my opinions stands on precedent and principle over party. Let me repeat that. If you look at all of my opinions over years, they add up to consistency. I treat everybody the exact same. White, black, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight, male, female, Republican, Democrat, independent. I don't care, right? I don't care at all if the president occasionally uses salty language. It doesn't make me grab my pearls and fall on the fainting couch, okay? But if you argued that Trump doing that was a threat to American democracy, then if you're the Brian Stelters of the world, if you're at CNN, if you're at MSNBC, if you're Jim Acosta, you should have to respond the same way to Biden as you did to to Trump, okay? And if you tried to argue that this represented some sort of existential threat to democracy because the president occasionally made fun of a media member or talked down to him, then you need to grow up and do the same thing for Joe Biden. I disagree. I don't get worked up about it. I don't think it's very significant. But your precedent that you set in responding to Trump matters as it pertains to the precedent that you set going forward with Joe Biden. The hypocrisy is a story. People say, why do you call out hypocrisy? Because there's about 30% of people who are Democrats there's about 30% of people who are Republicans and there are a solid 40% of people in the middle that I would call persuadable, right? They're somewhat independent. They might've voted for Donald Trump. They might've voted for uh, for Barack Obama. They might've voted for Joe Biden. They might vote for Ron DeSantis in the future or Donald Trump again or whatever else. I would put myself in that category. People are like, oh, you're alt-right. You're so far right wing. No, I just apply consistent principles, and the world has so gone insane that I seem like I'm right-wing, particularly in the world of sports where you're a right-winger, if you say, hey, you know what? I don't think a biological man should swim against a biological woman. I think that's wrong. I don't think a biological man should set an all-time record against, uh, uh, against a woman, right? If he's a biological man. And so that is the principle and the precedent upon which I stand and I wish more people did it but I think one reason why the audience for OutKick and why the audience for the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show continues to skyrocket is because there are so few people that are consistently honest with their audience that there is a desperate demand for it and people are finding our shows and our content which is sane in an insane world and building on that YouTube refused to allow us to post our interview with Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky last week. They actually suspended the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show account for seven days for posting an interview. And I want you to think about this now for a minute. Whether you love or hate me, whether you love and hate our radio show, we're the biggest radio show in the country. I mean, by raw audience, we are the biggest radio show in the country. We're big for a podcast, But the radio show is a leviathan, okay? So we bring on the democratically elected senator from Kentucky and he shares his opinions on public policy issues of the day, COVID and otherwise. If you are a voter in Kentucky, you deserve the right to be able to see as many different opinions as are out there surrounding any of your elected officials, including, certainly, your senator from the state of Kentucky. And even if you're not from Kentucky, you can make decisions. Hey, do I want to donate to this politician? Do I support this politician? Do I agree or disagree with him? I'm old school in this way. I believe in the marketplace of ideas. I believe that people should battle over public policy concerns and that we should put into place the best public policy concerns we, sh- we can through the marketplace of ideas. So when Google, through YouTube is deciding we won't allow voters to hear what Rand Paul thinks about a major issue of the day and when they are deciding that they won't even allow us to post our interview with Rand Paul. They are saying both that our show doesn't deserve their audience and also that a democratically elected politician doesn't deserve their audience. Now, some people are going to say, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. But you know what? The same people making that argument are also demanding that private companies enforce a federal government rule about the vaccine, okay? So the private company does not apply, in my opinion, this is me putting on my lawyer hat, I think there is an analogy between the public town square, which is what many social media companies are, and also with the larger context of history, company towns. You weren't allowed, let's say you owned a factory and you built a town surrounding it. Some of my family used to live in DuPont housing in the Nashville area. They would live in company-created housing. This wasn't uncommon back in the day. Well, they didn't allow the company to ban the First Amendment in that city, in that town square, even though it was technically company property. I think the same thing is true of these social media companies in that analogy. And let me also say this. These companies are playing with fire because Twitter, if everybody agrees all day long, is going to lose in a big way. The clash, the conflict of ideas is what gives social media companies much of their cachet. As soon as you create islands of universal agreement, People are not going to use those products as much. So what I would say out there to every social media company, to the chance that executives are watching this right now, is as you remove people from your platforms and remove conflict and varying opinions and the marketplace of ideas, you are actually destroying a huge part of the value of your platform. Because left-wingers who argue that they want right-wingers deplatformed are actually, I almost guarantee you, less likely to use the platform if everybody starts to agree with them because every story without conflict is by and large a story that humans don't consume. The conflict of ideas, the battle in the marketplace is what gives many of these companies, in my opinion, their cogency and their viability from a public policy perspective as soon as you create an island where you only have people who agree, you are destroying much of the underlying value of your property. Uh, Neil Young, speaking of which, Neil Young, rock star. I'm not a really knowledgeable music person by and large. I admit to that readily. Uh, I am not some music savant for a long time. First of all, I'm tone deaf. Uh, Back in the day, when I was in high school chorus, my chorus teacher... James Skandrick, he told me, hey, you announce the songs, you got a great voice, you have no ability to analyze tone. So you're a bass, your voice carries well, but you are discordant in the way that you sing with the basses. You just mouth the words to the song and you announce what the song is. It's great. James Skandrick, back in the day, Martin Luther King, magnet high school and junior high, my chorus teacher, okay? Um, And so, as a part of that, what was so fascinating was uh, that, that you look at the music industry, and so I have no idea, even though I grew up in Nashville, not a music guy, okay? Know a lot of musicians, respect them, not a great music guy. But what is interesting here is Neil Young is wildly overrating how much he matters to Spotify. And also, the rebelliousness inherent in rock music. Has vanished. It used to be that musicians stood up against the man and against the status quo. Who are you rebelling against if you are fighting against Joe Rogan's ability to have interesting conversations on his podcast? The president is a Democrat. The Senate is a Democratic majority, at least when Kamala Harris breaks the tie. The House has a Democrat majority and a Speaker of the House in Nancy Pelosi who was at the top of the party. Think about this. Who in the world are you rebelling against when you are fighting in favor of the man? We've gone from Woodstock, which was the counterculture, to now rockers and artists and athletes, by and large, and also people who are in positions of authority at major corporations, all acceding to the power of the man as opposed to standing up to it, to me, it's a wild story to follow when they are actually not the rebels. They're the, uh, they're the arbiters of conformity. It's crazy. Speaking of the arbiters of conformity, good news here. I saw this and I thought, okay, this is pretty fantastic uh, news given that uh, we had the Supreme Court case. There was uh, Biden's vaccine or test mandate for workers was withdrawn by OSHA or it will be tomorrow. After evaluating the court's decision, uh, the uh, the Biden Justice Department says, OSHA is withdrawing the vaccination and testing emergency temporary standard as not enforceable. So uh, that is good news for everybody out there who works at a corporation and wants to be able to make their own decision about whether or not they get the vaccine or not. Ukraine. Total mess right now in Ukraine. I saw where Joe Biden said we're potentially facing the largest invasion in Europe since World War II. What exactly is going on with Russia? And I would just say this. Remember all those people who tried to argue with you that Donald Trump was a Manchurian candidate and that Russia was behind all of his decisions and that he wouldn't stand up to Vladimir Putin? Isn't it interesting that as soon as Trump is not in office, North Korea, China, Russia, Iran, all of these countries that are our enemies in many ways suddenly become more active in countering American influence in the world and in this country and actually become more aggressive because they have less respect for Joe Biden. Certainly the withdrawal of Afghanistan did not help things but China potentially is going to invade Taiwan. Who knows what might happen there? You've got Russia literally on the border with Ukraine threatening an imminent invasion at any point in time. All of that occurring on Joe Biden's watch. As I have said, as part of the Midas touch, everything that Joe Biden touches, it's the exact opposite as the Midas touch, it turns to crap. Everything that Biden touches turns to crap. And Ukraine, the mess there is the latest. Congratulations to Bruce Pearl and Auburn men's basketball. They are now number one in the nation for the first time ever in the AP poll. Bruce Pearl has been at Auburn for eight years. They may end up being the overall number one team uh, in the NCAA tournament. I love Bruce Pearl. He is, I believe, one of the best coaches in college basketball. The only thing that I wish is that Tennessee had never moved on from Bruce Pearl, that they had fought for him like LSU fought for Will Wade. If Tennessee had stood behind Bruce Pearl, I believe the University of Tennessee would have won a national championship in men's basketball with Bruce Pearl as their coach. And who knows, Auburn might end up doing it with Bruce Pearl as their coach instead. Love Bruce Pearl, Stephen Pearl, his son, Everything that Pearl represents, he has done an incredible job. Watch some of their game against Kentucky over the weekend. Auburn's going to win the SEC, and I think they are poised, certainly, to end up as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Props to Auburn, props to Bruce Pearl for standing behind him. Much more negative news. Hasn't gotten a lot of attention. Read this in the Wall Street Journal. We had a 20-year high in 2021 for murdered police officers. The highest number of murdered police officers going all the way back to 2001 when many people in New York died in the 9-11 terror attack, many different officers. It's the highest number since 9-11 of officers who have died on the job. Why is this? Because we have created a culture where the police are not respected and where the idea that they are all fundamentally racist untrustworthy murderers. That is the world that the Democratic Party created in 2020 in the wake of the George Floyd incident. They tried to create this universe. They have blood on their hands over the number of police officers that have been killed. Here is what I tell my kids, okay? And I think everybody should tell their kids the same thing, white, black, Asian, or Hispanic. I say, when a police officer gives you a command listen to him. Even if you believe he's telling you to do something that is not right, even if you are 100% innocent. I am a lawyer. You can always file a lawsuit in the event that something goes awry with a police officer. What you cannot do is if a situation turns violent, you cannot end up getting your life back or the officer's life back. So if athletes and if entertainers and if everybody out there with a public voice said something simple, treat police officers with respect and comply to their commands, then the world and certainly the United States would all be safer for white, black, Asian, and Hispanic people. And there's this idea that white parents don't talk to their kids about police. That's far from the truth. I tell my kids, young ages, Listen to police, comply with their demands. If you have a legal claim against a police officer, your dad is a lawyer, we can find representation for you either through your dad or other lawyers in this country. Listen to police officers comply. Final thought here. A guy named Ian Miller does incredible work at ENMSC, collating, he's got a new book out, Uh, But he collates all the data on COVID. And earlier today, he put up a graphic that I think is really important and should get way more attention than it does, showing the rates of COVID infection for places with mask mandates and places without mask mandates around the country. And guess what? The places without mask mandates have a lower rate of COVID than the places with mask mandates. That's because masks have virtually no impact against Omicron. The idea that kids in schools are wearing masks or the idea certainly that kids shouldn't be in school is a fundamental failure of American policy that is the worst, in my opinion, going all the way back to the Vietnam War. Look at data, analyze it rationally, and make intelligent decisions based on that data. That's what democracies should do. Unfortunately, we're often doing the exact opposite, allowing our feelings to overwhelm what the data might tell us. So... As we roll into the end of January and into February, I'd encourage you to go subscribe to the Clay and Buck Show on podcast. If you aren't listening to it, do it. Great show today, Rand Paul. uh, We had Alex Berenson and we had Gordon Chang. You'll learn, you will be smarter if you subscribe and listen to the show. We also thank our 450, I believe it is, plus affiliates and the millions of you listening every single month. Thank you for supporting OutKick. I am Clay Travis, DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick, the show.